0: Rebel Nation, welcome to the Canon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline with Gary Darby, Chuck Roundsville, and Gordon Ford. And straight ahead to the five, to the two, to the one. In the end zone is Jerry and Ely. Touchdown, Ole Miss. Bringing you the lowdown on everything with Ole Miss Athletics. Near side, there's a pitch. It's on the turf,
1: and the Rebels recover
0: it. Don't just sit on the sidelines, be part of the show. Text in your questions and comments to 662 426 1093. That's 662-426-1093.
1: I guess you don't have to. But you need to.
0: Deal for Rodriguez, he'll go coast to coast, one-handed stuff with a right hand. Swung on, fly ball, deep field. That ball is long gone, headed toward the scoreboard, hit right below it and the Rebels take a one to nothing lead on a bomb by Tim Elko. And here it is. We're underway in the Sugar Bowl. Now, here's your host, Gary Darby.
2: Well, as Lane Kiffin says, you can't go two and oh without going one and oh. And that's what Ole Miss did in week one. 28 to 10 was the win over Troy on Saturday. We've got text messages coming up. We're going to talk with Harry Harrison, Jake Thompson. We've got a, a new thing that's going to be going on near the end of the show, which is the C-Spire Connolly Trophy watch list. I want to talk about all those guys and what they accomplished over the weekend, and we have a full house. Uh, Gary, Chuck, Yancey, Gordon, guys, who wants to talk first? (laughs) Grab a mic and go. (laughs) Grab grab a root and growl, huh? (laughs) That's right.
3: Get on in there and
2: do something.
3: You know, know, one and oh, that's all you can say. I mean, they're a good first half, kind of a lackluster second half. The coaches started experimenting and... You know, they had a 28 to 3 lead, and what's there to lose? So, hey, find that, figure out your team, use that half to do that. And they did that. So I look for them to keep improving.
4: I think they're going to improve too. You know, people play, you know, Dart started. And of course, Altmire's supposed to start next week, but I, I thought Dart made a good run. I thought he overthrew some people and uh, didn't hit some guys. But I'll tell you what, our running backs were extremely. Good. I mean, they they really showed out.
5: You know, any time that you can run the football and play defense, Gary, you got a chance, right? So, you know, the the passing game left a lot to be desired, let's all be honest. But they can run the football and they can play defense.
2: Without a doubt, the first part of the show is brought to you by First South Farm Credit. With over 100 years of experience supporting rural communities and agriculture, they're ready to guide you through your financial journey at First South Farm credit. Now it's the five things with Yancey brought to you by Outback Steakhouse. Our friend Steve Grantham currently operates nine Outback Steakhouse locations in Mississippi and Tennessee. Let's Outback eat boldly tonight.
5: Thanks, Gary. Here's five thoughts that I have from the football game Saturday. One, the Ole Miss fans, way to go. 60,000 against Troy in the beating down Sun. You can't get much better than that to open the season Two, the linebackers. They were the big question mark on defense, outside of the running backs, coming out of fall drills, and they were really the star of the game along with the running backs, which leads to number three. The running backs. What a three-headed monster Ole Miss has between Judkins, Evans, and Bentley. Judkins is a star in the making. Evans is a guy that can go 80 anytime, and Bentley he's dynamic as well. This offense will be built around them. Four. Kyrie Coleman. This guy played like he was shot out of a cannon. The TCU transfer had five tackles for a loss and two sacks at the linebacker position. Five. The most important point. Any team that can run the football and play defense has a chance to win any game. Football has not changed. The offense will get better with the passing game as they get settled on a quarterback. Five negatives from the game I saw. One had to start with the quarterback play. When's the last time Lane had a quarterback that threw for less than 160 yards in a game? Well it was in 2014 with Blake Sims as the quarterback for Bama. We all remember that game very well as Blake threw a last second interception to Cinquez Colson. Two, the second half. Three turnovers and multiple penalties on defense and offense seem to be uninspired football to me. Three, the wide receivers. This group is too talented to not make plays. They had several opportunities to make more plays than they did, and they simply didn't get it done. Fourth, the offensive line. They showed cracks in the scrimmages with the pro pass set blocking, and it showed again against Choi. They're going to have to improve in that area. Five, the offensive flow. Yes, Charlie Rice is a new offense coordinator with Lane Kiffin, but th- the flow of the game just wasn't the same as it was under Levy. I'm sure they'll get more smooth as they go in the season, but the flow has to get better.
2: Five things with Yancey brought to you by the Outback Steakhouse. And we will have more of all kinds of things happening on the program tonight. Harry will be with us to break it down from his perspective. Still have text messages coming in at 662-426-1093. People asking the questions about two-quarterback system and moving forward, uh, what the attendance was. We'll get a little bit of all of that going on and more. Jake Thompson's going to be with us as we go through it. Guys, I know this was just... Week one, the whole week zero thing, and then week one is kind of confusing as it is. Were we just, or was I just that excited that football was back, or have we had some really good college football so far? Combination? Pretty good games. Pretty good so far?
5: Really good games. And and, And some blowouts. (laughs) And some blowouts, but it did get much better in that last minute and a half of that LSU-Florida State game. Well, The, The way that that... Changed back and forth, back and forth. It's like two teams who didn't know how to win a prize fight and somebody that, had to win.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of that, too, because of transfers and things, and we're still getting accustomed to
4: each other?
3: Absolutely. No I question. Think that's, I think that's a, big, that's a big part of Ole Miss.
4: No, it was some really good games. I mean, especially Florida beating Utah like they did, and, you know, nobody expected that. I mean, you watched the game last night, LSU, so uh, so some good stuff.
2: All right, coming up, Harry Harrison's on the other side of the break. We will be talking with him about what he saw from the booth, and we'll break down Ole Miss beating Troy just a little bit more when we return to the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline.
6: You know she's worth it. Attention, Camp Lejeune toxic water victims. I'm attorney Roberts Wilson with important information that you need to know. If you or a loved one lived or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987 and developed cancer or another major disease, you may have a claim for money damages. To have your claim reviewed, call Roberts Wilson PA Injury Lawyers at 662-533-9111 Or visit us on the web at wegetjustice.com.
0: You're listening to the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors.
2: A Labor Day edition of the program. Gary, Chuck, Gansy. Gordon, we got a house full inside the studios in North Mississippi. Rhino is producing things from the central part of the state, and our buddy Harry Harrison is is somewhere. Where are you, Harry?
7: Man, I'm sitting here at my in my office at my house waiting for you guys. It's a Monday night after the first game. A lot of things to talk about.
3: Absolutely, Chuck. Take it away, Harry. Uh, I thought you you being a defensive guy, I thought the tackling was really good. For an opener, and I and I really love the play of all our safeties and our linebackers.
7: Chuck, I, I totally agree with you. The only thing I wasn't real happy with was those underneath throws that they got uh, they got to uh, complete more than I would like. But I thought tackling was very crisp. The fact that we substituted quite a number of players and there was still no no drop off. In fact, sometimes it got better. Uh, was 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 a nice thing to see also.
3: Tashim Johnson is is a, in in my opinion, is a is a star in the making.
7: No doubt. <laughs> he he's uh, you know there's there's guys that do well. They can run fast and and jump high, but there's guys who know how to play football. He's one of those. Chuck. He's got a great football IQ. Seems to be in the right place at the right time. Good open field tackler. Not the tallest of guys as we know, but uh, very much uh, one of our leaders back in that secondary.
5: Harry, we talked about the linebackers um, all spring, all during fall drills, and they really played an unbelievable game. Uh, were you taken back a little bit by how well they played as a group?
7: No. I mean, that's what I've been seeing against uh, an Ole Miss offense. I thought they would play well. I, I tell you guys, when you go out and practice against uh, the likes of uh, Zach Evans and Keith Judkins every day, you're going to get pretty good because they're going to gonna give you some problems in that run game. So I thought that they stepped up and played well. And part of that, Yancey, is the defensive front was able to keep those O-linemen off of those linebackers. Much easier to make tackles when you don't have a guy hanging on you.
4: I'll tell you something, Harry. What really impressed me about them, their running backs. I mean, Ole misses running backs. I mean, those guys were phenomenal. You know, Ulysses Bentley. I mean, Judkins. I mean, they they played extremely well.
7: Yeah, and we we knew that was you know, very big potential coming into the game, Gordon, for sure. Uh but you know, that all starts at offensive line and I thought though those guys played well. You know, especially the first half. I think we had two hundred and six yards rushing at the half and second half got sloppy, made some mistakes, a few penalties, not nothing bad there, but some yeah, definitely turnovers. We've got to clean that up. And and I and I know we kinda of started, you know, hey, let's see what we can do throwing the football. I, I didn't I didn't think as the middle of the third quarter and rolled on that we were very crisp there. Uh, and and sometimes that that, uh, lays on the snap of the center, sometimes that's on the quarterback. But I I thought after the middle of the third quarter that that was not as sharp as I'd like to have seen it.
3: You know, there's a lot of people, uh, I wouldn't say complaining, but kind of second-guessing Jackson Dart a little bit in his first start. But, I mean, let's be honest now. The kid completed 66% of his passes. Uh, He was under a lot of pressure um quite a bit especially in the second half when they when troy figured out all we were going to do is try to throw the ball um i didn't think it was that bad at outing at all
7: well no when you look at the statistics chuck i totally agree uh his long ball was not uh not good for him uh i thought he moved very well in the pocket i thought he avoided pressures They got to him i think once but uh uh hurting him a few times, but I thought his, his pocket presence was very, very good. Uh, you know, once again, his touch on the long ball is something he's going to have to work on. But people didn't remember these these two guys, Jackson Dart and Luke Almire, are both coming into their sophomore season. You know, Jackson, I think, started six games out of USC out there last year. But still, these guys are young. So if you go back and look at the quarterbacks before them, when you go back to their initial season – It's uh, it's not as pretty as it got later on, so we'll have to keep that in mind. Fans don't want to do that, Chuck. But uh, you know, I thought the kid played pretty pretty well. Uh, We'll get a chance to see evaluate the other side that come this Saturday. I thought
3: some of those long passes early were just a matter of adrenaline. I mean, because he overthrew him by five yards, and we've been watching him in practice, uh, Harry, and he's he's got a pretty accurate long ball in practice.
7: Well, and that's probably true. You know, he did – I just like for him to put a little more air under those tosses, Chuck. I mean, obviously he he threw it on the line and overshot our guys. But uh, that will come, you know, every game the play of the game slows down, especially for quarterbacks. And, you know, once you get comfortable in that rhythm and the game slows down for you, then you see the field better, you got better touch on the football. But, yeah, yeah, it was first game jitters, no doubt about it. New place for him, a whole lot of new faces that he's playing with. So I don't think there's any doubt, uh, you know, first game jitters. You know, and it was not a huge game. Troy, yes, good team, played hard. What we weren't playing Alabama or LSU or someone like that, but uh, anyway, uh, I think there was some nervousness there.
3: Harry, the unknown that we had, that uh, I was pretty impressed with, surprised actually, uh, the punting and kickoffs and and place kicking. I. I didn't think Fraser Mason had a very good spring, and I was worried about his consistency and how erratic he was in the spring, but I thought he did an okay job for his first game. And then uh, Cruz looks like he's going to be a heck of an addition. When's the last time we've had a place kicker that kicked every kickoff for a touchback?
7: Uh, you're going to have to tell me that, Chuck. I don't, I don't, remember, I don't know. but yeah. I, I thought Cruz was a real good pickup. I've been saying that all fall. I had not seen him kick off, Chuck, so I, I didn't know how far he could kick it. I, I thought his field goal accuracy in practice had been pretty darn good. Didn't get a chance to do that, but obviously extra points are uh, are big. You know, Ask LSU about that, how big they can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: And field goals. <laughs> <laughs>
7: And field goals. In other words, the, the special teams is just clearly one-third, and and uh, when you don't play well on that side of it, you can, it's easy to fix out, and that happened last night.
3: So if Florida State had lost last night, how many people from the Seminole country do you think would have been calling for Mike Norvell's head after that pitch down on the one-yard line? Mm. <laughs> yeah,
7: unbelievable, wasn't it? I mean, the kid certainly took his eyes off of it, but uh, still – you know, you're down on the one, why even, why even try that? Just turn and hand it or, you know, straight ahead or the quarterback can sneak, whatever it might be. But uh, that that pitch, there's a lot of things that could go wrong, and unfortunately it did go wrong.
2: Not as many, Chuck, as are already warning Mr. Kelly out of Baton Rouge.
7: <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: <laughs> I mean, that's already going around the great state of Louisiana. That's, that's They've a seen a really, enough...
7: really, really, really patient fan base. They? <laughs> <laughs>
2: They've seen one game, that's it, no more.
7: Harry, <laughs> I I love
5: the idea of Luke getting a shot this game, and he told them both before the season opener, "You get this game, Dart, and you get this game, Luke, and let's see what you can do." When's the last time you've heard of any coach doing that? And do you like it yourself?
7: Well, number one, you got to have two players that equal Yancey, but no, I haven't heard about that in quite a while. Normally, it would split up, you know, series in the very first game. But uh, interesting, I don't think that he made that public. I could be wrong. Nobody knew no, about he that until post game, So I don't think he made it public, but apparently he told the, the two kids, and I think that's a you know, great way to do it. Look forward to seeing what Luke can do this weekend. Because, you know, I, I, as we talked about ad nauseum, this, this pre, preseason sets up with well, these non-conference games to where we were able to do that. I mean, could you imagine going into the SEC with Kentucky and, and then uh, going to Vandy and Auburn and LSU? You don't want to be in that situation come then.
3: You know, it's amazing. All during preseason, fall camp, how many fans came up to me, or texted me, or called me, or whatever, and said, "Oh, Kiffin's. This is a smokescreen. It's all Jackson Dart. It's not equal. That, that's baloney." Uh, and I kept saying, "Guys, I go to practice. They look about the same to me."
7: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Chuck. I mean, one day one of them might be a half inch ahead, the next day it, it flip flops. But they they look very similar. Uh, Luke Augmer can run. Jackson Dark can run. I, you know, I think we had one uh, quarterback uh, draw the other day, and, and you know, I think that's all they deliberately set up for Jackson Dart to run. Picked up six or eight yards, but depending on defenses, you know, that that's always a, a play. But both those kids can run, and you know, they could throw. It just you know, it's a matter of once you get in live action. We've been talking about this, Chuck. You get in live action when somebody's coming at your head. You you process a lot differently than when you know it's going to be two-hand touch, and that's what we got in the first game. We'll see how Luke reacts in in game two.
2: Harry, thanks for being with us. good to see you in the booth last week, and we'll see you coming up on Saturday. Absolutely. Great stuff, Harry. Thank you, man. Thank you, Harry. This portion of the show brought to you by Gateway Tire, serving you since 1929, and now they have 54 locations across six states. Gateway Tire goes the distance for you. Coming up next, text messages. And we'll also take a look at the rebel injury report. A little bit later on after that, Jake Thompson from the Oma Spirit comes our way and we'll take a look at the C Spire Connolly Trophy watch list. That's on today's Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell hotline.
0: Can you imagine years of hard work and saving, and now you're worried about outliving your retirement savings? But clients of the Faris Group may not have these worries. Paxton Faris and the Faris Group have over 20 years and a process working towards success, not stress, after retirement. To know how you can truly enjoy a level of comfort and security, talk to the Faris Group. Retirement should be stress-free, not stressful. The Faris Group, farisgroup.com, offices in Oxford and Jackson. The Faris Group, your partner in retirement. Registered representatives offer securities through Security America, Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC, the Faris Group, L-
6: and Securities America companies are separate entities. Attention, Camp Lejeune toxic water victims. I'm attorney Roberts Wilson with important information that you need to know. If you or a loved one lived or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987 and developed cancer or another major disease, you may have a claim for money damages. To have your claim reviewed, call Roberts Wilson PA Injury Lawyers at 662-533-9111. Or visit us on the web at wegetjustice.com.
0: Outback Steakhouse knows steak. Even better, the grills are always hot and ready for your favorites. There's nothing better than pairing a bold steak with a bloomin' onion and one of our signature cocktails. Drop in for a great lunch or dinner anytime for awesome food and a blooming good time. Either way, Outback has your back. Visit their locations in Dupelo, Hattiesburg, Meridian, South Haven, Diabraville, and Floyd, Mississippi. Also serving Jackson and Cordova, Tennessee. Outback Steakhouse. More of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors, coming up next.
2: Text messages brought to you by Cannon Cleary McGraw. You can check their website for whatever you might need in the home or condo or uh, whatever business you might be looking for in the Oxford Lafayette County area. They've got it for you. So a couple of questions, and one was was simply about estimated attendance Saturday and the capacity at Vaught-Hemingway. Well, the capacity is 64,038. The attendance was announced at 60,533.
5: I thought it was a great crowd, Gary. Um, you know... Look, Troy doesn't have the sexy name. Old Miss in the last decade have been playing really big games to open the season. And when you're playing a team like Troy in the 95-degree weather and it was – Humid as it could be, I thought it was an outstanding attendance.
3: Man, yeah, Troy brought some. They people, did bring too. some people. They, they filled up a whole section. Oh in, yeah, they were all around. It was. Yeah. It
5: was. Uh, I thought they represented well.
2: You know, and I I just made a, a mention uh, of the the crowd to Brett Norsworthy, who was sitting next to me, and like immediately after that, someone texted me a shot of traffic. I mean, the game was already mid first quarter, oh, yeah. and it was at a standstill. Yeah, out on six. Yeah, yeah. Out, that's right, out on six. Late getting in, and they were just stuck. And so we had some late arrivers that that may just a hung, they may just a, a little out in the grove, hang on out there for a little bit, kind of stuff. So, yeah, we got we got to come, we got to be a little earlier than that, people.
3: You know, and, and I'm gonna say this: I went down at halftime. Um, in the concourse, just to see what people had been complaining about with concessions and all that stuff. And man, they've, they've got to improve that. There's just not enough vendors down there. I mean, lines were 30 and 40 deep and, and I think they can solve it. I think they've got the room to bring in more vendors, but man, the way it was Saturday, that was a little discouraging to me.
2: I know this is going to make me sound old, but mine would have been, what were the restroom lines like, you know? Well,
5: on on the home side, it just, I mean, it's 1960s. That's the reason they wanted to tear it down to the ground. I hate that they delayed it. I understand why they did, but, man, it would be nice to get that home side fixed.
3: Well, and and they could could fix underneath. They could get more vendors in there. They've got plenty of room. I just think that uh, uh, that's something that has to be addressed.
2: All right. We heard Harry's opinion on the two quarterbacks. They want to know this cruise as well. So, who wants to address the both quarterbacks getting a start before making a decision? I love it
3: because I like. I've been watching them all August, and I think they both deserve to play. Uh, and one of them will come to the surface. You know, one of them will, will be better than the other one, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles in in uh, college football. But um, they both deserve to play.
4: You know, Gary, one of the things is Dart had the harder game to make because they play Troy, and then this week is Central Arkansas, which Altmaier will play, and they're not very good. So he should rule in that game. So statistically, I think he will be have better statistics than Dart did.
2: Probably so, but they—they they I mean, will, they will, will actually go with the State. eye test and look and see, and and right. there'll be a lot of stuff. Practice wise, will continue to be what makes that. Well, final the good decision. the good question for Lane next week is,
3: what what metrics does he right. use to judge him? Because you can't judge him based on the opponent. Mm-hmm. Because Gordon's right, Troy is a lot better mm-hmm. than Central Arkansas.
5: You know, I, I think it's a great idea. Uh, why would you not give them both one opportunity like that? I don't think this is going to be the end of it. I really don't. I think most fans figure that a starter will be named for Georgia Tech, and it might be, but i got a feeling you're going to be seeing both quarterbacks throughout the year. Well, and Lane addressed know. it
2: in the, in the the presser, right, the fact that he wanted to get Altmaier out there earlier, but he didn't want Dart to finish on an interception. Then you had the immediate fumble, the snap, which was bad, uh, on on Luke's first time that he was out. Well,
3: the one thing I didn't want to see was them alternating series. Yes. I just think that's ridiculous. That's I mean, why I
5: love giving them a full yeah, game Exactly.
3: Chuck. Exactly. At least a half Yeah, or three yeah. quarters. Right. And then let the other one play the last quarter or something like that. Because you can't get in a rhythm doing – Swapping series, and that's that's been the age old formula for people that well, we got two equal quarterbacks, so we're going to swap series. Well, then none of them are worth a damn.
2: That's exactly right. <laughs> and two, the point that that I think has to be there is, you know, Darts' signal count and the way he vocalizes things is going to be different when Luke than than Luke. It, it
3: is Gary, but I don't think that's going to be a big factor because they've been doing they've been swapping first team uh, reps all. August, but it it is different. You're right. Yeah.
4: And I, I'm like y'all. I don't I don't like the flipping, You know, bringing a guy in and bringing a guy out just every series. Last time I can remember that you had kind of a two quarterback series was when Georgia had Matt Robinson and Ray Golf. And I know Chuck's old enough to remember that. But you know, Matt Robinson was the passer, and Ray Golf was the runner. Well, so, Tom, yeah. Tom
3: Luke and Rush Shouse. Yeah,
4: Tom Luke and Russ It Shouse. worked
3: for us because those are two. You know, totally different team guys. Yeah. They were different type players, and and you know they didn't mind sharing the spotlight. They did different things better, but but Dart and Luke are a lot alike. I mean, they they're going to do the same things.
2: That's a text message. that's presented by Ken and Cleary McGraw. Most of the text messages the fans are just still quarterback hungry. That's, that's well, I mean, why, why would they
5: not you be? Know, you left the game, and that was the big question: we'll is be, what are they going to do? Because, because everything
2: else looked fine. Yeah. Everything the else looks fine. Blocking well, yeah. on, um, I was going to say the Whoa. pass
5: protection
3: <laughs> and that has got to get better. And that could have been but, part But the I'm quarterback gonna say this. too. I'm going to say this about pass protection. If you watched any games over the weekend, yeah. everybody pressures now. They all pressure. And if your quarterback can't make plays under pressure, make quick decisions and accurate throws, you're not going to win because you're going to get pressure. I don't think there's an offensive line out there that's going to completely shut down any defensive line that's you know of equal
2: equal caliber. We've got like one minute for the Rebel injury report from Oxford Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. What do we have in the in the injury front?
3: I, I didn't I didn't know of anything except uh, Jaden Williams came off the field holding his shoulder, but he came back in the game and. uh... Uh, I
5: understand he graded pretty good. Yeah, that's the only injury that occurred during the game. Everybody else is
2: fine. So, number one, you won the game. Number two, huge, healthy mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. most part.
5: You got two Ws.
3: <laughs> good stuff. I still say the most impressive thing for me, though, because years and years of watching us miss tackles
2: was the tackling. Yeah. It yeah. was yeah. outstanding. It was, it was there. Jake Thompson's on the other side. We'll talk with him coming up in a few.
8: Celebrating 20 years in business, whether it's work or play, Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville.
1: Looking for the largest selection of wine and spirits in North
5: Mississippi? Look No further than High Cotton's Wine and Spirits Warehouse in Oxford, located just behind Rebel Racks. You'll find some of the rarest wines that can only be found at High Cotton Wine and Spirits. They offer their customers a unique experience through their employees' expertise in the wine and spirits industry. The High Cotton Wine and Spirits Warehouse is a destination place for all of you true wine and spirit connoisseurs. Come visit us six days a week from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at High Cotton Wine and Spirits.
0: Ole Miss football, basketball, baseball, and more are all right here on the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors.
2: Coming up in this segment also, we'll take a peek at some of the great college football players in the state of Mississippi. The C Spire Connolly Trophy Watch List will be unveiled with the Players of the Week from all ten football playing schools every Monday night on this program. So we'll take a look at that in a little bit coming up. But now it's our Game Day Outlook brought to you by Roberts Wilson, PA. They represent the people. They are in among the ones that are trying to get justice with this Camp Lejeune water situation. Call them, 533-9111 for Roberts Wilson, PA. Now we'll make a call to this guy, Jake Thompson of the Omaha Spirit. You out there?
9: How are y'all doing, guys?
3: Doing great, man. You had a great article yesterday about the the grading of all the different uh, linemen, offensive linemen, and defensive linemen. Um, tell us, tell us what your impression was of of not only that analysis, but just your impression of the play of the both lines.
9: Uh, you know, the defensive line. Uh, it, we, we talked a lot about it and all the guys on it, KDL, J.J., Peggy, Cedric, Tavius, and so on, and, you know, we didn't see them get after the quarterback a lot. I know there were some sacks here and there, especially the big hit by Peggy's, but, I, you know, I just didn't see what I was hoping to see. Now, that may just be my own, what I wanted to see, and everybody else felt they were great. Uh, but to me, I, I thought maybe there's still some, some meat on the bone for the but the defensive line, especially for heading into Central Arkansas, so offensive line, it felt like I was watching a little bit of the, of the Sugar Bowl, a little bit like it was like that same O-line that was getting worked over, not to the same degree as Baylor worked over, but was struggling, obviously, with pass protection. Dart never had time, a lot, a lot of the time, to get his feet set. You know, some of his throws were on the run or had to run, find a new pocket, quote-unquote, and, and, and make a throw. So pass protection is something that obviously we all notice, and Kiffin knows as well, it's something that needs to improve.
5: Well, Jay, speaking of pass protection, we saw it throughout spring. We saw it through two-a-days here in August. uh, The defensive line for Ole Miss dominated them. And, you know, Troy, they, like you said, they're going to face a lot better competition. This is not something an off day. This is kind of a trend. Do you think that they can turn it around and get the pass protection where it needs to be by by sec play
9: i think so I, you know i think nothing goes nothing goes a longer way or helps sharpen the iron than actually playing against other opponents where you don't know what the play is going to be it's where you've been seeing the same play for four weeks plus some because i'm sure some of those were the same plays they saw in the spring against that their teammates across the line and so I think nothing is better than getting that experience against Troy and now against the Central Arkansas and a Georgia Tech and so on. And seeing that on film for the, for these coaching staffs to tell them, all right, this is what you're doing wrong. You haven't seen this before. We didn't do it just like this. Now this is how you fix it. I think that they are a seasoned group. They're a veteran group. I, I think they will improve. and. Uh, That pass protection, you know, we could see it be better this week. Uh, You know, it could be that quick of a fix for what they're seeing on film. But I think it may take it a little time. uh, But I'm hoping come this first road trip in a couple weeks that that O-line looks a little bit better than it did Saturday.
3: You know, I, I agree with you about the pass protection. I talked to one of the offensive linemen today. And he said that it wasn't a unit thing; it was more individuals here and there breaking down. They didn't have their cohesiveness. Their communication was a little bit off. Uh, you know, several of them, three of them, are playing new positions. Um, one of them's brand new, uh, a red shirt freshman, and one of them hadn't played much. The right guard, Eli Acker. So there's some newness there, even though they're veterans, they, they haven't played. Their positions, and I could see where he's saying, "Hey, it's just one breakdown over here and one breakdown over there." To me, that's correctable.
9: Yeah, no, it's, it's to me, it's just like a five-link chain, and, as, and like you said, you've got Eli or, or Mason or and so, you know other guys in a different spot. I mean, I know they're not a few, but a couple feet away from where they were, but that vision and perception has to look a little bit different from where they were even if it's from left side to right side and so you know that's that's something you got to get used to and unfortunately you can only do it by being in in the line of fire taking live rounds and and seeing that in game action and then on Sundays or whatever film sessions they have let the coaches point it out to them and if it is those easy correctable individual things then I think that O-line can be much better uh, sooner than later.
4: You know, Jake. After the game, I listened to Lane Kiffin, and he was pretty disappointed. You know, they didn't score many points, and kind of made comments that you know of a letdown or whatever. What do you think happened? I mean, you know, you scored what seven points in the second half, and Troy State held them. I mean, where do you think that uh, what happened?
9: Uh, You know, uh, Kiffin, you know, the run game was having success in the first half. I mean, Zach Evans had over 130 yards, having a great day uh, uh, and was chugging along. And then Kiffin admitted Saturday after the game that they opted to get away from the run game and work on some passing. I think maybe just to try to get Dart some reps, some rhythm with the receivers, just to try and find that because of how much he struggled with that, with the pass protection and just other issues Dart had uh, on his own. And, you know i think maybe that killed some uh, some of the rhythm and momentum they had uh but even on the defensive side troy was able to kind of gouge him a little bit get have more chunk plays so to speak and, and move down the field and they got and they got a touchdown in the second half when when they were held to just three points uh in the in the first half and you know some of the defensive guys we talked to i think troy Brown was just like we kind of left our we took our foot off their off their necks, uh, so to speak. And, you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen this weekend. I think that they saw that and uh, the players, that is. And I think the mentalities will be a little bit better. And it, but it will be interesting to see the strategy Kiffin does on offense because he's going to have the other guy, Luke, in there. And is it going to be, depending on how Luke does in the first half, what he chooses to do or focus on, since he has admitted, these are kind of NFL preseason games to him. Uh, obviously, he wants to win them and play well, but he's also still seems like tinkering in the early parts of the season.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I agree with all that, but at the same time, you know, this this defense, they, I thought that they kind of got soft in the second half with their coverage because they had a 28-3 to lead. I think they can come up and, and cover a little bit tighter. Um, another thing I wanted to talk to you about was uh, – Obviously, the running backs Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins were the primary backs. Of course, Bentley got a couple of carries and made had a real nice touchdown on a short carry. But Evans and Judkins are everything they were advertised to be, in my opinion.
9: Oh yeah, no, those are those two guys are exactly what uh, Kiffin and his and his guys thought they were getting when they when they got those in recruiting at the transfer portal. Uh, Evans just looks like the guy that can gouge. Uh, you know, once he gets north and south, he just goes. And I think, Chuck, you even wrote it that maybe Judkins was even a step faster and, and quicker than, than Evans, which, if that's the case, you, you know, I don't know if you call it thunder and lightning, whatever you want to call it. But that's a tremendous one two punch in the run game. And to see that in the first game, and so know right, the running game, we don't really have to work on these guys too much besides whatever we're going to install week to week. Those guys have it figured out. And I think Bentley will get there too. Uh, even Kiffin acknowledged today that, you know, only getting a couple snaps or a couple carries was not by design. It was just kind of, I think, how... The game winner the situations presented themselves and bentley should see some more time but i love what i saw in jutkins uh, he impressed me did not look anything like he was playing high school football a, a year ago i mean he looked obviously he's a freshman so he's not polished and, and ready to go but he's he's heading that way quickly
5: jake uh, as we had a central arkansas next week what what do you want to see what uh, we've talked about the pass protection we have obviously been talking about the quarterback play but What's, what are you most curious to see? How much improvement they make from game one to game two?
9: I think uh, you know I'd like to see, and I'm sure all of us and everybody listen. You know, a complete four quarters. Obviously, you want to see a full four quarter game from them, not just the first half, or you know, or they a sluggish first half and they have to crawl, fight their way back for uh, the second half. I want to see a full game out of all this, and I also, you know, what's my, kind of in the back of my head a scenario I've got in my head: what happens if Altmaier, you know. Plays, uh, you know, head and shoulders above Dart, maybe because uh, he is got it figured out. Or Central Arkansas's defense, maybe not be as as tough as Choice was. Who knows? But I feel like that's just this this uh, situation Kiffin's put himself in. It's good. It may make it murkier, or maybe Altmire just throws for two hundred plus or more, a couple p- touchdowns, and and Kiffin says he's our guy. But I don't see that happening. But I think that's a scenario that may make this more interesting uh, after Saturday.
2: Good stuff, Jake. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll read some more on uh, the Ole spirit.
9: Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Gary. Talk to you all later.
2: All right, Jake Thompson with us. The C-SPIRE Connerly Trophy watch list is what we're going to do next. The prestigious C-SPIRE Connerly Trophy is awarded to the top college football player in the state at the end of the regular football season. Each week on this show, we'll present a list of standout players from each football-playing university or college in the state. Who wants to take the first and, and Yancey and Chuck would just kind of, well, I do. Kind of rotate through. I think
5: Chuck. Let's let Chuck <laughs> do Ole Miss.
2: Yeah, I'm going to get old Miss now. <laughs> Sophomore
3: outside linebacker slash defensive end slash shot out of a cannon, as Yancey said, Kari Coleman. Five tackles for loss with two quarterback sacks among those. Ended up with eight total tackles. And he didn't play but 40-something snaps. I mean, come on, dude. This is
5: this guy looks like he's going to be the real deal, future star. Uh, another one, U.S.M. Their player of the week is Frank Gore Jr. I remember talking to Frank Gore as dad. I mean, how many years did he run? <laughs> yeah. How close did that uh, he come to Ole Miss with Mike McIntyre? But now he's got a son at Southern Mississippi. He's absolutely tearing it up. He had 32 rushes for 178 yards and two touchdowns in Southern Missis- uh, Mississippi's heartbreaking loss. <laughs> to liberty he freezes liberty chucky 29 to 27 and a four overtime loss
4: mississippi state will rogers and of course he's in the air raid offense he was 38 of 49 for 450 yards and five tds against a win over memphis who i thought that memphis's talent level is depleted somewhat but he played a good game
2: Absolutely. Jackson State sophomore quarterback Shadur Sanders. All he did was complete his first 17 passes of the game with four touchdowns in there, and and they just... Man all over Florida A and uh, M, fifty nine to three. He was twenty nine of thirty three, three hundred twenty three yards, five touchdowns. Yeah, his dad is Dion, and uh, he was the freshman of the year in the SWAC in twenty twenty one.
3: Dion's put together a little bit of talent they down there. Yeah, they
2: look like an <laughs> SEC team. <all laughs> they of us. look
3: good. Corn State senior running back Jarvion Howard, Syracuse transfer, had twenty one carries for one hundred ninety four yards and one touchdown. In there, tough 31-27 to 27 loss to Stephen F. Austin. That's a great day for any running back. That's eight yards, nine yards of carry, nine-and-a-half yards of carry. I'm doing math in my head, which I'm not very good <laughs> at. No,
5: we're not. In Mississippi Valley State, their player of the game is junior runabout Jacoby Thomas. The MTSU transfer, just like Alcorn State, got a big transfer over there from Syracuse. Mississippi Valley State did as well. Their transfer for 14 carries – 83 yards, and a touchdown in their 29-13 loss to Target College. Congratulations, Jacoby Thomas.
4: Target College? Delta State. (laughs) Marlon Windham, nine tackles, three and a half for a loss, one sack, one pass deflection, and Delta State's win over Kentucky State. I know Chuck remembers them back in the day. So.
2: And the player of the week for Mississippi College was freshman quarterback Deontay Bonneau. He completed 13 of 22, 161 in a touchdown. They lost 28 to 14 to Albany State. Deontay was voted the offensive preseason player of the year in the SIAC.
5: And there was a big showdown, crosstown rival between Millsaps and Bellhaven this past weekend. What a way to open up that season. Senior wide receiver Moise Tezo for Millsaps hauled in seven catches on 10 targets for 80 yards and a touchdown. Unfortunately, they lost to their rival Bellhaven 49 to 21.
2: He should win just because his name is Moise Tello Tezo. No doubt. Right, just
5: because of name alone, he should get player of the week. And then Bellhaven's, uh, junior quarterback Tim Johnson, he led them to a victory 49 21 over Mel Saps. He was 13 for 21 for 195 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, so he is our player of the week for Bell Haven College.
2: C SPAR has been presenting this as a title sponsor of the C SPAR Connolly Trophy since the inception in 1996. Proud to continue to recognize the outstanding college football student athletes in Mississippi, which made me look back to 1996, right? Where was it? And to see who it was, and it was Trignell Thomas. Running back from Delta State back mm-hmm. in 1996, I remember? Um, he still leads them for most rushing attempts in a single game, career yards, uh, the rushing yards in a single game, rushing yards in a single season. He holds it all uh, there uh, for Delta State. You know. 1997, Chuck, yeah. right? Stu Patrick. Stu Patrick got Had that. Had a great birthday. year. Look, we and going through the list and just thinking about some of the players that have that have won this award uh in the state of Mississippi. After uh Stewart won JJ Johnson from Mississippi State then a gentleman named Deuce McAllister uh found his way there. Josh Bright won it in 2000 from Delta State when they won a national title. Eli Manning wins it twice. Uh and and then how about starting like 2005? Jarius Norwood, Mississippi State running back. Patrick Willis, the linebacker from Ole Miss. And then go on into, really, I'm going to start, look, Austin Davis from Southern Miss hung around in the NFL as backup quarterback, got some starts for a while. And then go Bo Wallace, Ole Miss quarterback, Gabe Jackson from Mississippi State, Dak Prescott, back-to-back years, 2014 and 15, Evan Ingram of Ole Miss in 2016, A.J. Brown in 17, Jeffrey Simmons of State wanted in 18, Kylan Hill in 19, Elijah Moore in 2020, and Matt Corral in 2021.
5: Gary, if we uh, counted up how much money all of those football players right have made from Mississippi Is in the NFL, yes. Yeah. Gotta be and then modeling. you're thinking
2: there's a guy like D.K. Metcalf who couldn't win the award because A.J. Brown was a. on the J. team. A.J. Brown won <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and things like that. It's just amazing what the state of Mississippi has.
5: And thank you, C. Spire, for being a part of this and sponsoring the Connerly Trophy. I mean, I think it's a very important uh, piece for Mississippi history. We're all proud of our football in no better way than represent it with the Connerly Trophy.
4: Well, well this
3: Spire is one of the... Best companies in the state of Mississippi, without a doubt, and I, I'm proud they're in Mississippi. Hugh Mina, the uh, chief executive officer, CEO, is super guy, big Rebel fan.
2: Love, love that company. Recruiting and the good, bad, and ugly next.
5: Looking for the largest selection of wine and spirits in North Mississippi? Look no further than High Cotton's Wine and Spirits Warehouse in Oxford, located just behind Rebel Racks. You'll find some of the rarest wines that can only be found at High Cotton Wine and Spirits. They offer their customers a unique experience through their employees' expertise in the wine and spirits industry. The High Cotton Wine and Spirits Warehouse is a destination place for all of you true wine and spirit connoisseurs. Come visit us six days a week from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at High Cotton Wine and Spirits.
0: Employers, are you paying too much for your group health insurance? If so, call Connie Brazell with Morgan White Group. Connie can show our proprietary premium saver plan, which can save you as much as 18 to 20% on your group health insurance premium. Connie can also show you our employee needs too, offering human resource guidance, payroll solutions, 401K retirement plans, and senior services. Morgan White Group is your largest solely dedicated health and payroll insurance agency in the state of Mississippi, servicing all of your health, dental, vision, and life insurance needs. Call Connie today at 662-259-5552.
1: More
0: of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors, coming up next.
2: Gary, Chuck, Yancey, Gordon, one final time with you on your Labor Day evening, and then we'll... uh Kind of take a pause, come back, and do this after the Central Arkansas game. Red and Blue Chips recruiting segments presented by Go Orthodontics since 1976. Offering friendly, affordable quality smiles in places like Oxford, Saltillo, South Haven, Corinth, and Collierville if you need braces or Invisalign. Mention Rebel Yell Hotline to receive $500 off. Mr. Gordon, you get to go first. I get to go first. Basketball.
4: Uh, Ole Miss basketball will host six-eight Ford, uh, 225-pound, McAlep Rich from St. Louis for official visit this weekend. Ole Miss, Kansas, Missouri are his top three. Rated the number 167 player in the country. From what our sources tell us, he can really fill it. Of course, Ole Miss battling for Josh Hubbard out of MRA, Madison Regional and Academy. He visited this weekend. He will announce on September 22nd between Ole Miss, MSU, Xavier, LSU, and Southern Cal. He's ranked the number 101 player on, on three sports, and uh, I think the Rebels are in good with him. I do
5: too, Gordon. Uh, football update. We had a couple official visitors. Jamarian Harkless out of Kentucky took an official visit to Ole Miss this past weekend. He's a 6'4", 300-pound defensive tackle. He was committed to Illinois and decommitted last month, and that's when the likes of Ole Miss, Georgia, Auburn, LSU, Louisville, and West Virginia entered the pitcher. Keep up with that name. Uh, scholar man out of Georgia. A linebacker took an official visit to Ole Miss this past weekend after he was offered at the Juice Fest. Georgia Tech and Florida State are also heavily in the picture. Um, a couple Ole Miss commitments uh, were also in town for the weekend. Two important ones from the state of Tennessee and quarterback Marcel Reed and Bryson Sanders. They both visited Ole Miss unofficially over the weekend. And then lastly, the biggest one I think coming up uh Ole Miss has lined up an official visit with Malachi Coleman. He is the number 81 overall player in the country. He's 6'5", 190-pound athlete that Ole Miss projects to end up at safety, Chuck. Uh, I love those tall safeties like that, but he is a big-time player in Nebraska. He is from Lincoln, Nebraska. Nebraska does lead the O N 3 RPM meter, but Ole Miss is heavily in the pitcher, and then lastly in baseball, you know they just keep turning. Ole Miss picked up a commitment from one of Mississippi's top prospects in the 2025 class, in Hernando Luke Romaine. He's a 6'1", 210-pound corner infielder, left-handed pitcher. I've seen the kid play for several years now. He's in my son's class. And uh, he's a good one. Ole Miss fans will really like what
2: they're going to see from Luke Romney. All right, the good, the bad, and the ugly is presented by Delta, Big Delta Power Sports, located at 155 Cracker Barrel Drive.
3: All right, it's hard to tell from one game that the coaches freely admitted after the game they were doing a lot of experimenting once they got up 28-3. to But I thought there was a lot of good in the game for the first time out with new coordinators five new pieces on the staff new players galore i wasn't expecting a a cohesive and smooth sailing game for sixty minutes there are just too many variables to prevent a really strong showing I thought the linebacker and safety play was outstanding. The tackling was great. Tysheem Johnson, Troy Brown, Kari Coleman, and others, they just all showed out in the game. I was impressed with our run game, immensely impressed, obviously. They gained around 260 yards, but had they stuck with the run in the second half rather than forcing the passing game to work on it, 350 to 400 yards on the ground is not unimaginable. They had 200 in the first half. For the first half, I thought quarterback Jackson Dart played okay for his first outing as a Rebel, and place kicker Jonathan Cruz looks to be money. Bad, I hate to say something was bad, so let's just say needs work. The pass protection of the offensive line needs work and it was bordering on bad, even though they had they did not give up a sack. I was expecting a bit more pressure and production from the defensive line, but I don't know what kind of game Chris Partridge was calling. Was he holding back, knowing all they had to do was keep things in front of them and they would win handily? That's the likely answer, but I still think Cedric Johnson, J.J. Pagese, Tavius Robinson, and Jared Ivey et all, will be dynamic in future games, and they're going to have to be. Ugly. I I didn't see anything except the Rebels didn't cover the 21-point spread, <laughs> and that pissed off a lot of betters. Boy, that was a wham moment
5: right there. Center snaps it in his rear end, and yep. they were covered inside the 20 and then backdoor the spread.
2: <laughs> no, <that went> <laughs> we talked uh, a little bit earlier about, you know, we were excited that college football was back. And Chuck, you asked if there were any good games coming up on Saturday. We got about a minute left to go. Does Alabama at Texas qualify at eleven a.m. No, Saturday yeah. morning?
3: <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Fifty-five to seven.
2: <laughs> <laughs> South Carolina at Arkansas. That ought to be a good game. But it's really a really good think.
5: game, but I think Arkansas
2: I is going to too. handle them pretty good.
3: Arkansas KJ thinks Jefferson, I think, is going to be real this year.
5: He is.
2: Wake Forest at Vandy. We find out if Vandy is Vandy or if they're a little better they're than Vandy. we thought. They're Vandy. Yeah. So
5: they, they've scored, what, <laughs> over 100 points?
2: Yeah. who they play? Elon and Elon and, and Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh my God. They beat Hawaii like a
4: drum.
2: They did, oh but so did Western Kentucky this no, week. I like so. that
5: coach at Vandy. I do.
2: Uh, Kentucky and Florida. That one will be yeah, in Gainesville at 6 okay. o'clock, same time that uh, that we've Tee it up here in Oxford. That one will be going on.
5: That's the, that's the game of the
3: week. Yeah. My right there. Oh, you and d- don't forget the game of the week. Old Miss in Central Arkansas. Six o'clock. Holy moly. And
5: if our fans complain about the students leaving in the second half when you're playing these kind of teams at 95 <laughs> degree heat, Oh, again. my God. As as right. You keep doing your job and just show up in that first I'm half. I'm going to
3: have to get some Adderall or something.
2: Just stay away. <laughs> <laughs> Rhino, good job with the production. Everybody, thanks for being with us. We'll do it again next Monday night. So long. Hotty toddy.